Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Monday all across Broncos country from the South Stands to the end zone. You are Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses, but I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. And uh, today I'm joined by Zach Seegers at Zach underscore Seegers and Patrick Chiodi at Patrick Chiodi on Twitter of Broncos Pro Football Network. And ladies and gentlemen, here is the deal. Uh, the Broncos, they had their first scrimmage live action of the preseason of the offseason so far on Saturday. And, you know, we learned a lot about this Broncos team. So we're going to break that down here. Also, we're going to ask Broncos fans a question as well, considering all the media reports coming out of Saturday scrimmage. How are Broncos fans feeling with just two weeks away from kickoff? That's right, folks. We are two weeks away from football happening. I am so stoked. I mean, I think this is what we all really need. So, gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Uh, like I said, I'm just excited, man. We're, we're one step closer to football. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I, I just, it's finally here. It's on the doorstep and I just, you know, I can't wait for it. Getting to see these guys in training camp practice, you know, has gotten me even more excited. And now we finally have a scrimmage to talk about, you know, like it's not real football being played, but it's just about as close as we can get right now. Um, you know, we had Austin PA and, uh, uh, Central Arkansas even playing last night uh, to kick off the college football season or, or two nights ago. And I, I just think that's fantastic, too. It's it's great. We finally got more sports we're having. And then in the Denver area, you got, you know, Avs, Rockies, Nuggets. We got it going on right now, and it's great. Yeah, I, I share the same excitement. It, football season is the best time of year, hands down. Uh, it, it's going to be tough watching the game and, and not seeing any of, the, any of the fans and knowing that the, the crowd noise is fake. But I'm hoping at least they keep the incomplete chant uh, for that that Monday night game. If they don't, that's going to be disappointing. But nonetheless, super excited about the Broncos being back. Super excited about NFL being back in general. I think you make a great point. I, I third down, you know, or even second down, there's a pass that falls incomplete. They've got to find a way to still ramp up that sound bite, especially with the crowd noise. I wonder if they could get a bunch of people together just to be able to record the crowd chant of incomplete. But I, you know, that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing as well. And and so it was weird though over the weekend. The Broncos had their scrimmage at Empower Field a mile high, and there were no fans. And Media reporters alike were saying it was really, really odd. Players said it was not the same. It was very different. And then Von Miller had said, too, that, you know, once you get into the game, you really don't pay attention to any of that because there is crowd noise there, regardless, even if it's fake and pumped in. The Atlanta Falcons know a thing or two about that. So it's going to be right up their alley this season. But for the Denver Broncos, it's going to be a brand new experience, especially at altitude. So, gentlemen, let's break down some of the Broncos storylines coming out of Saturday's scrimmage and the theme of the day defense. And this has not been surprising considering the entire offseason, but I think there are many fans that are concerned about the reports of the Broncos offense where in a game-like situation, Drew Locke would have been sacked multiple times by Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Jarrell Casey. The Broncos defense was getting after her. And also, 
interceptions all across the board. It seemed like there was some miscommunication between Drew Locke and Sutton and Judy. There were a couple incomplete passes. And also, there are some reports coming out about them, really Drew Locke, locking into certain receivers. Is this stuff you want to get out of the way right now, or is it something that you feel like is going to carry over to the season for the Broncos? Zach Patrick, I'm eager to hear from you. You know, I, I do think it, it is concerning, but I, it's not horribly concerning because I do think this defense is going to, I mean, is going to be so good. It just is so good. You know, I think they're going to be, uh, I'm very high on the unit. I think they're going to be at least a top three group. I think they could be the best group in the league. Um, I'm, I'm working on a big feature for Mile High Sports Magazine right now, talking about just that, where you look at the defensive line and you've got three incredible starters and it goes too deep at every position where they've just got so much talent on the defensive line. Edge rusher is the same way with Vaughn Miller coming back with a vengeance this season and, and Bradley Chubb on, on the other side, um, you know, finally back and healthy, you know, the linebacking core, you got Alexander Johnson uh, coming off a season where, you know, one of the top linebackers in the league, and it was his first season playing more than a hundred snaps in five years. Uh, he should continue to get better. Again, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson playing in this big Fangio defense for a second year. They should be even better. And the secondary is wildly underrated when you look at um, A.J. Bouye, who I believe is going to return to form this season. Bryce Callahan, last time he was healthy, one of the best slot corners in the league. And I don't think that third cornerback spot is as problematic as, as we're thinking. Then on the flip side of that, uh, you've got an offense that is incredibly young, and this coronavirus offseason is going to affect the young teams more than the veteran teams. you got a veteran defense, a young offense, and a young offense that is having to learn a new scheme with Pat Shermer coming in as the OC, and a young offense that has a lot of new pieces it has to incorporate. So I think we're going to see some of those timing issues that played the offense in Saturday's scrimmage, and we're going to see some of that I mean, hopefully it changes when the season comes on because that was one of the concerns with Drew Locke uh, in his five-game audition. But with the locking on with receivers, that's going to happen because he's going to have good chemistry with some guys and chemistry with other guys that he still needs to develop and grow and work on. Yeah, I, I mean, right now, this is something that needs to be worked out uh, in camp. You know, he, the defense had four interceptions yesterday. The defense is playing at a high level. And we can sit here and we can say, like, you know, the offense really struggled, but maybe the defense was just really on their game. And, and that seems to be the case. Uh, even without Bradley Chubb, as he sat out practice yesterday with, uh, you know, just some concerns over the knee. But uh, Von Miller has been an absolute monster. I mean, he, he's back to form. And this is something that we talked about consistently uh, on on this show uh, and in articles is the effect that having Jarrell Casey can make on the edge rushing. So it appears that that's already going into form. You know, having a good pass rush was one of the reasons why this team was able to win a Super Bowl, not just having a really good secondary, but that that front line was they were insane. So as far as the offense goes, you know, Locking on to receivers, that's something that is going to be a growing pain. He's still Locke is still a young quarterback. He he's still got to work through that. And if he has chemistry and he feels comfortable with certain guys, yeah, he's going to target them a little bit more than uh, than some of the other receivers. That might be a little concerning, um, but I, I you know it's something that I really hope that he grows out of. And when you're looking at Pat Shermer's offense, and, and you know I went back and I looked at the distribution to to different receivers in New York. And one of the things that really stood out to me was that the running back got 
a lot of targets out of the backfield. So this is going to be something where, you know, if the receivers are taken out of the game, Locke is going to have to rely on that check down from either Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon. He's going to have options. This offense is going to go through the growing pains of, of the installation of a new scheme and everything. But I just want to see it be better than what it was last year. If we can, if we can improve from 28th, even get to 15th, 14th, you know, kind of that range that Shermer had the Giants at um, for offense, then I think that we're in a good spot because this defense is going to be special. This team was already, uh, they were the 12th overall defense. They were 10th in points. They were the best red zone defense last year, and they only got better this year. So I'm not entirely worried about the defense. I am a little bit concerned about the drops. I'm a little bit concerned about uh, ball placement. But, you know, in in those past sessions, in those in the seven on seven sessions, uh, I I heard someone say, you know, Drew Locke can can be a little more reckless in those situations. But when it comes to game time, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be prepared and he's going to have the weapons around him to make to make this a successful offense. Don't even get me started about my thoughts on seven on seven. I'm a defensive guy. I'll get to that coming up here in a little bit. But Broncos country, Zach, Patrick, and I, we're going to continue our conversation. A few more storylines coming out of Broncos camp, some injuries, and also some prognosis, especially with two weeks away. What is the status of certain players? A Broncos key offensive lineman came up and rolled up his ankle as well. We're going to talk about that also a little bit more into Bradley Chubb and Melvin Gordon as well. Coming back here in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, rockauto.com. And I rock with rockauto.com because they are a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Reliable service all the time. So I want you to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, even motor oil, even new carpet, if that's something that you need for your vehicle, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. You can get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The one thing I really like about rockauto.com is that I can go to their website and I can browse their catalog and I can look at make model year and I can find a a complete list of parts that I might need for my car and I can see which ones are available and I can choose the brands, the specifications, and even the prices that I prefer. That's why I love rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need rockauto.com. Continuing our discussion on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe and follow button on your favorite podcasting platform for daily exclusive Denver Broncos content and coverage courtesy of myself, Zach, and Patrick all season long for the Broncos here in 2020. Uh, so, gentlemen, let's continue our conversation. I was just talking about how I'm really not a big fan of 7-on-7. Seven seven. Uh, and to really touch on that point there, when you are a core quarterback and when you're doing seven on seven one thing that you can do you can get away with forcing the ball into tight windows because it's seven on seven you're not having a pass rush necessarily you're just going against coverage options defensively now I think it's a glorified offensive thing there now defensive guys can shine a little bit but it really takes away from the nature of the game that's why I really like evaluating teams in 11 on 11 situations and that's what we really saw with the Broncos on Saturday they had the 
you know, the defense was getting the best of them there and the pressure was there. And, you know, the Broncos, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, they were working against guys like Elijah Wilkinson, who Von Miller's getting the best out of a lot of people. But there were several rips where Elijah Wilkinson actually held his own against Von Miller as well. So I think a lot of people are concerned and also talking about the offensive struggles as well. Locked, he can grow from it. But I, I do think that there is a trend right now around the National Football League. We've heard from various scrimmages, the Buccaneers being one of them, uh, various other ones as well. Offenses that were technically younger in a sense have been struggling. Now, when you look at Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, he's the oldest guy on that roster, really at at the offensive level position there from a production standpoint. The other guys, young receivers, obviously Gronkowski there, but even the Buccaneers struggled in their scrimmage offensively. The defense was winning the day against them. So should we really be concerned about the Broncos offense, who we all knew coming into the season is going to have some growing pains. And as Patrick said, they're going to have to learn stride by stride. That's something even John Elway had mentioned. I don't know how many times we've talked about this for the first three to four weeks potentially the Broncos defense may have to carry the offense to at least to field position or maybe even capitalize defensively to put the Broncos in some really good situations outside of that I expect the Broncos offense to struggle a little bit so gentlemen I mean really that's kind of how I sum that up there now let's talk about some injuries Bradley Chubb did engage in practice yesterday but after a couple of plays he came out the trainers came they looked at his left leg his left knee they took the brace off and I think everybody in Broncos country kind of held their breath a little bit because some of the reports are like trainers looking at his leg. And all of a sudden I was just thinking, you know what? Cancel the practice. Just, just cancel the season. If, if that's the case, that's where my worry really came in, but uh, they're just being cautious with him. And apparently Bradley Chubb is fine. He's going to be fine, but it was just really precautionary for the Broncos, but they did sustain an injury in practice though that I'm looking at. And I'm thinking we're just two weeks away. I'm a little concerned, even though it's one of those things that can really take a week, week and a half. And that's Graham Glasgow. We left the, practice the scrimmage with a sprained ankle. Uh, Zach, do you see any kind of carryover uh, of this potential injury into the regular season for Glasgow, who's been really monumental for the Broncos so far this season? Yeah, I think that's that's really concerning. You know, that this offensive line has enough holes already with the center position. I think we all feel good about Lloyd Cushenberry coming in and being that starting center, but he is still a rookie um, starting center, so you would love to have him bookended by two really solid guys in Reisner and Glasgow, and he won't have that. And it also affects uh, Elijah Wilkinson, who, like you said, has been struggling a bit in practice. I think he's still looked better than Dotson, but he's still struggling in practice. And, you know, this gives or this makes him more vulnerable on the interior now because he doesn't have Glasgow next to him. He has, you know, I guess Natani Muti, maybe uh, Austin Schlotman. So, so that's really concerning, but I, I do think it should work out. You know, I think Graham Glasgow, it sounds like he has a couple weeks here to get ready. Um, hopefully he's ready to go week one. And if he's not, you know, the Broncos actually have a decent bit of depth on this line. You know, if they really had to, you could have Austin Schlotman started right guard for a week or two. Um, you could bump Elijah Wilkinson back to guard, which is kind of his more natural position, and have DeMar Dotson play right tackle for a week or two. Um, I think they're fairly, fairly flexible there. And I'm a big Mooty guy. I doubt he's ready to go yet. I, I think it'd be a pipe dream to think he could play week one. But but I think it'd be really fun. I want to see him on the field here eventually. So I think giving him an opportunity is good. 
Well, and also, too, I, I agree with you on the offensive line. They have a lot of depth options. And Patrick, I'm going to whip this one over to you, my friend. Melvin Gordon did not practice in the scrimmage, the full-on level. He dressed out, went through positional drills as well, you know, kind of normal routine, game day routine there. Uh, you know, as the Broncos start to acclimate him, and we got to see a lot more of Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman. And all reports out of camp, look, those guys are really shining right now. And I think that's one thing to really consider. And there was a tidbit that Broncos head coach Vic Fangio mentioned last week. I, I don't know if he, if it slipped, but he said that Royce Freeman deserves to be on our football team. And I think that right there says a lot about maybe how the Broncos view him in-house. And, you know, maybe Levante Bellamy is going to be an undrafted rookie free agent that makes the practice squad and maybe eventually transitions into a role. But I think with the already injured Melvin Gordon here, just him dealing with the ribs. I know it's a touchy issue in terms of when you get hit in the ribs. Yes, I, I'm a little worried about that. So, you know, maybe the Broncos do have a good insurance policy and plan for that. What are your thoughts on really the injury to Gordon and obviously with the uh, the praise from Vic Fangio on Royce Freeman? Are we really surprised? Are, are we surprised that that Melvin Gordon is is going through an injury? No, not really. He's played one full season of 16 games in his NFL career and, and injuries have kind of always been there. But he, you know, he is a tough guy. He's a Wisconsin back. Likely he'll come back from this. But to your point, Royce Freeman is showing out in camp and that's great to see. It's great to hear. Uh, and and I really want to see how he does in this Pat Shermer run scheme uh, because it is, you know, it's it's kind of more of that inside zone, those concepts that he used to run in Oregon. And, and I think that this is a great opportunity for him, especially since now he's, you know, he's healthier, he's in shape, he's got a, a good chance to, to be a pass catcher out of the backfield. Bellamy is making a name for himself in camp, though. And if he continues to show up and show out, then it's going to make it hard for them to to put him on the practice squad. I do think he'll end up on the practice squad, but I think he's going to be a guy that they they want to keep around in case Royce Freeman is gone next year or in case they decide to move on from Melvin Gordon at some point. But, you know, the injury to Melvin Gordon, not surprising to me. This, this is something that has happened in the past. It's just about keeping him healthy. And that was the biggest thing when he got signed was, can he stay healthy enough to to be that true compliment to Philip Lindsay, or are we going to see another season of Lindsay and Freeman kind of being that lightning and thunder? So uh, either way, I'm excited for Royce Freeman. I, I think this is going to be a huge year for him. I hope that he comes out and he really does earn that spot on this roster and a significant role in this offense because he's a, he is an underrated pass catcher. He is an underrated pass catcher. He caught just as many passes as Melvin Gordon did last year. Uh, you know, and he's he's going to be a key player out of this backfield. So if he can continue to run the ball well, if he can continue to show out in camp, and if he can, you know, be that special teams guy that that third back usually is, I think that he's going to have a good slot on this roster. And certainly Broncos country, we're going to be able to find that out hopefully in the next week or so. We're going to actually find a depth chart here for the Broncos, especially at the running back position. What are things looking like? Are there going to be any surprises once we find out? Obviously, we'll react to that as well. But coming up here in just a moment, Zach, Patrick, and I, we're going to answer some of Broncos fans' questions. Really, it's just really how Broncos fans feel. They asked the question about whether or not they're comfortable right now with the season just being two weeks away with things where things are at, all things considered, with this offseason. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to remind you guys, check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Matas and Matt Moore. They do a great job bringing you all the action with the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets played last night in Game 6, but did they come up with a victory to force a Game 7 with the return of Gary Harris? Check out Locked On Nuggets to find out. 
All right, gentlemen, there's something I really want to talk about here, and it's really just the overall concern from fans. Because, look, I think that, you know, Broncos fans have a major influence in a lot of things. And some of the topics, too, that we talk about really are fan influential. And I posed the question on Sunday for Broncos fans. I said, after Saturday's scrimmage and the various reports coming out of it, how are Broncos fans feeling with just two weeks away from kickoff? And that's a great question there. And I'm going to read off a couple of the responses here because I do think uh, it's something we should acknowledge here. Jedi Joshua 58 says, uh, the feeling this year may be a bit rougher on the offensive side. The shortened offseason really hurt the offense, but the future is still bright. As Albright had mentioned, Locke has been locking in on reads. That worries me a little bit. They should sit Sutton a day and work on all the other reads. I do think in a standpoint of evaluating the offense, I don't know if you want to sit a guy, but I think you really have to go through. And here's how a quarterback's reads really go through. Now, it depends on the coverage. It depends on what side of the field the ball is on. Is on the boundary side? Is on the field side? Is on left hash, right hash, down a distance? What's the coverage look? Is the corner playing five yards off? Is the corner playing press? Where's the safety? Is there a too high safety look? These things all influence the reads. Now, I think a lot of people are thinking that, you know, the main read is just your number one guy, the wide receiver one. That's usually not the case. A lot of times it's based on what coverage the defense is. That's why it's super important that a quarterback is able to read the defense. So I don't think they should sit Sutton a day to be able to see where the reads are at. I mean, Locke was really working this Saturday with Tyree Cleveland, who was having a pretty good scrimmage as well. And he's a rookie. And so I think that the chemistry is there. Obviously, some connections to Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, the tight ends getting involved. But primarily, the Broncos were getting the running backs out of the backfield involved in the passing game in Saturday's scrimmage. So that's something that stands out there. Uh, one of the other things I want to touch on here, my man Drake Ricard says, the Broncos have a great and proven defense. I think that going up against them every day will only make the young offense even better. So, gentlemen, I mean, ideally, I, I say I agree. What are your thoughts on this? Because, look, Going against Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Boye, uh, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. I mean, this is a loaded secondary and a loaded defense. I think that's going to make Drew Locke even better, especially because you're not always going to get pass rushers or at least a front seven that the Broncos actually have. You're not going to see that except in practice. So I think it could be good for the Broncos offensively. Yeah, I think that's huge for him. Um, you know, I just think uh, uh, you got to build those other connections and that chemistry between Drew Locke and all his other weapons on this offense because there are so many. That's been the theme we've hit throughout training camp and throughout the offseason that they went from being such a uh, shallow unit at all the skill positions to being so deep. You have to talk, uh, incorporate not just Sutton into the offense, but Judy now. And then Patrick and Hamilton are also going to be a big part. And then you also have to find snaps for Hamler. And Cleveland has looked so well in camp or, or has played so well in camp. You you don't want to totally cut him out of the offense. And then you look at the tight end room, and it's it's Noah Fant, of course, but then there's also Albert Okwebenov, who's looked unstoppable in the red zone. And it's Jake Butt, who's looked really good in training camp. And it's Vinette, who's looked really good in training camp, at least from a blocking aspect, and he'll see the field some. And then in the running back room, it's, again, what we were just talking about the last segment with Gordon and, and Freeman and uh, Bellamy and Lindsey and, and all these guys you have to work into the offense. So um, I, I think that's a, a, a big problem there. But it is something that I think we'll see get better as time goes on. I am concerned a little bit for week one um, because I think this team is going to really have to lean on their uh, uh, running ability. And I think that's more of a concern against the Titans than it'll be against other opponents. And on the other side of the ball, you got Derrick Henry coming downfield at you. And it's going to be harder than ever to tackle that guy. Patrick, one thing I'm going to ask you here, one of the responses we got comes from Walter Gray. He says, I feel like there are going to be a lot of hot takes about Drew Locke 
not being the guy when the offense doesn't put up 30 points right away. I, I, I'm a big believer in patience, but I wanted to ask you about this because offense is so intricate. You spent a majority of your playing career offensively, and you can go one week where you score seven points. You can go one week where you score 27, the next week 34. The NFL is so unpredictable these days. I know you have your metrics, your rankings, but do you think that there are going to be a lot of those hot takes? Because I could see it happening. The moment that the Broncos offense week one, let's say they only put up 16 points, 17 points, I, I could see a thought process coming into Broncos fans and just NFL fans and NFL media personalities in general saying maybe Drew Locke's not the guy, which I think would be absolutely way too premature, regardless of how he plays. What are your thoughts? What's the the greatest saying in football? Any given Sunday. Okay. Any given Sunday, you can go out and you can absolutely stink it up. Any given Sunday, you can go out there and you can absolutely light it up. Okay. The thing that we are looking for is consistency. That's what we're looking for out of Drew Locke. So if he comes out in the first, I would say the first three weeks and he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't put up, uh, you know, two touchdowns a game and throw one interception in those three games, people are, it's going to start. You're going to hear people start to murmur and say, well, maybe he's not the guy, but the, the fact of the matter is he's going into a new offense. Okay. He's going into a new offensive scheme. He's facing defenses that he hasn't seen because there's no preseason. Okay. So he's literally just going out there banking on the film from last season for studying. For me, it's, it's just, how does he get better after those three weeks? What, what does he play like after those games? Uh, Because if, if he can, if he plays terribly or mediocre and then continues to be mediocre week after week throughout the season, then it's time to start to say, okay, what's going on here? Is it, is there some growing pains? Is he not getting it? Is he having trouble reading the defense? Uh, But honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. This is a kid that was literally thrown into the fire uh, against one of the better defenses in the league in the chargers. And he played extremely well in a, in a system that was, you know, not as good as the one that he's going to be in now. So for me, let's let's calm it down. Let, let's give Drew Locke some time because there are going to be speed bumps in the road. Okay. But any given Sunday, you have to remember that a team can come out and they can play a really good defensive game. That doesn't mean that Drew Locke isn't the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I would I would pump the brakes until at least midseason. If he's not playing well into the midseason, then you know, you can start to look at film and say, what is he doing wrong? Where is he having issues? But for the most part, early on in the season, cut him some slack. And those hot takes will be there, but we shouldn't jump all over him. You know, it's it's Bill Parcells used to have the old saying where he'd put mouse traps in his players' locker room or whatever and said, don't take the cheese. You know, that was one of his his mannerisms or old, old sayings. And I think that applies here to us in the media. Like, it's going to be very easy to have those reactionary hot takes two, three weeks after the season or into the season going, hey, I, Drew Locke's not it. Uh-oh, Broncos made a big mistake. They should have signed Cam Newton and have all those hot take pieces coming out. But we just need to settle down and, and give it some time because we're already seeing it. We saw it. We, we've been saying it since April when Judy was drafted that, hey, I know this is exciting, but in this offseason more than any, it's going to affect young teams. There's going to be chemistry issues. Even John Elway, the GM of the team who put this unit together, was trying to quell the excitement. I'm like, yeah, we love the talent we've got here. 
it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for everything to get itself sorted out. Um, and another element that gets lost in the shuffle that I know Cody's mentioned before, this is Drew Locke's real rookie season. He's only played five games to this point, and it was in an almost college-like offense. It was so basic and rudimentary. So we just need to, again, cool down a little bit and, and give it some time to uh, come together. That, that's going to be the thing, though, too. And I, I do think when it comes to Locke, it's not just about all what Locke does. It's about balance, right? So, if I mean, if Drew Locke throws for 250 yards in the game, the Broncos, let's say they rush for 150 and they win the game, I think that's really the ultimate metric that we're really analyzing there. If the Broncos are struggling, if Drew Locke's playing well, but the Broncos are losing games, maybe it's a, attributed to a, a turnover offensively or you know the defense getting gashed. It's a different story. I think the biggest indictment on a quarterback is really just it's early. It's the stuff that we were just talking about. You're going to see if, if he's struggling. Can the defense rally around him, right? Can the running game kind of pick him up a little bit. Those are the things I think we really evaluate with a young quarterback. And so I think that Drew Locke, it's, it's going to be a 16-game season for him, a rookie season, essentially, as we really call it. I want to see that. I want to see the full rookie season, the full 16 games from him before I make any kind of judgments about maybe what he can be for the future. But with that said, Broncos country, we'll be back for another episode tomorrow on Tuesday for Twitter Tuesday. So send in your tweets at Cody Work NFL. What are your Broncos questions that you have? Just two weeks away. From the NFL season, obviously the Broncos, five practices remain for them until kickoff against the Tennessee Titans.